Amen. Well, I, uh, if anyone doesn't have the notes, do you, everyone have the notes? If you don't have the notes, would you raise your hand? Right now, they'll help you to follow along and, uh, and look a little more at home later if you'd like. Um, before I get into it, as the notes are being passed around, some of you may not know, I collect football jerseys. And so I was already, it's not in the announcements yet, but we're going to have a Super Bowl party February 2nd here in the sanctuary. And so we don't know who the teams are, but we have really big screens and we have really good stereo. And I had all my jerseys ready to go for who was going to be in the Super Bowl. I had my Dallas Cowboys, Romo, no. I had my New Orleans Saints, no. I had my Minnesota Vikings. No. I have one left, and they're still in it, the Houston Texans. All right. So, just keep that in mind. We're going to have a Super Bowl party. You can bring your favorite goodies. I may bring my world-famous cheese dip which is not world famous at all, and millennials are more and more turning their nose up at what I put in the cheese dip. As in sausage that is not drained, so um, things like that. Well, so anyway, it's it's gonna be fun. Now with technology, we can really have a good Super Bowl party together. Um, I wanna start out with uh, a little video, a little home video. If you can play this, um, hopefully we can play this. That, that's my grandbaby, that's Lane. And uh, she is illustrating what I'm talk about today. Yeah, you can go ahead and play it again. Because I want you to notice the, the tongue. Look at her tongue. She, she's like three inches away. But... And I, and I put on my Facebook post, I, I put, uh, my, grandba- my granddaughter, more excited about apples than I've ever been. And uh, I put hashtag Little Debbie Swiss Cake Rolls, um, because if, you were, if I was six years old and you had an apple on the table and a Little Debbie Swiss Cake Roll, I would gravitate toward the Swiss Cake Roll. But I wanted to show this because I want to talk about uh, awakening hunger today. Spiritual hunger. I mean, here's you. Go ahead and show it again, because I'm an obnoxious grandfather, okay? <laughs> this is my excuse. But she's just like, mm, mm. like you said earlier today, Nate, taste and see the Lord is good. Do we come before God going, <clears throat> do we? When you know how good he is, then you come, and I'm not saying you have to work up an emotion, but I'm saying your spirit, man. David said, what? My heart, my soul longs for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Thank you. I could play that all day, but we won't. We'll, we'll, we'll quit. But uh, Father, I just ask in these next moments that you would continue to meet with us, Lord. I hear the cry in your heart as uh, Rachel and the the worship team were leading us before your throne. I hear the cry uh, in your heart through Pastor Nate as we're we're calling upon you. We must have more of you. 
And so we give this time to you. Holy Spirit, release the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you in these next moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Roman numeral one. I believe God wants his people to have a sustained spiritual hunger. I use the word sustained on purpose because I'm not talking about having a hunger for God for one week and then complacent for the next week. Hungry for one week and then complacent for the next month. But a sustained spiritual hunger. Back in the fall, we had International House of Prayer University graduates. Well, they were seniors. They're graduating this spring. About 21 of them were here. 20 of them were here in the sanctuary. At the end of the service, as we were closing and worshiping the Lord, and they were all scattered throughout, I had this beautiful picture in my heart of the Lord going through the aisles of the church. And we were all there too, but he was specifically going to the, the seniors and, and handing them like beautiful gift boxes, like he'd gone to a jewelry store and there, you know, there was something inside the box and I was watching it. And, and when he handed it, when he went up to one of the students, he was handing them a graduation present. And he opened the box and what was in the box was a beautiful diamond bracelet with the word inscribed on it, hunger. And I couldn't find a bracelet like that, but just to give you an idea, this, one, this bracelet says faith on it, but it's like, that's, I think that's probably a James Avery or something, but he was handing out gifts to graduates of hunger. And I thought that really makes sense. Because when you've been four years at a Bible college, at a university where everyone around you is hungry for God, you've got three roommates hungry, you know, and when the, your community is hungry for God, when, it's when you graduate and the people at your workplace aren't hungry for God, you need that gift of hunger. We need that gift of hunger. And I believe... The Lord wants to give us gifts of hunger this year. I like it because I'm not saying you have to work up in your own soul hunger. It's a received gift. Now, we position ourselves to receive the gift, but he wants to give gifts of hunger this year. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, he said, blessed are those in, in the... The Beatitudes there, blessed means happy. It's in your notes. Happy are those, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled, they shall be satisfied. I believe the Lord wants to, to give us this and show us this, that when we get these, this gift of hunger, we're truly happy. Hunger, what is hunger? It's hunger says for righteousness, but it's hunger for greater revelation of the knowledge of God. Hunger for greater purity in my life, for greater compassion to flow through my life. Hunger for greater courage to walk out in fierce adherence to the ways of the Lord when others around me are, are fainting in fear. He wants to give us 
gifts of hunger, hungering for all the blessings that God has made available to us through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. I want to hunger for those things. Look at the message translation in your Bible. I love this. Same verse Jesus has said. He says, look, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. Have I worked up a good appetite for God? Now remember I said it's a gift, but he wants to give you the gift of a good appetite for God. Blessed are then the rest of that verse in the message says, he is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You see, God is such a good father that when we hunger for righteousness, he will satisfy us, won't he? The Bible says he satisfies us with good things. It says if you ask for a, a bread, bread, he's not going to give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a snake. So he is going to satisfy us. But once he meets us and satisfies us, he wants us to keep hungering. He doesn't want to satisfy us and then have us fall into complacency and not hunger anymore. Because he understands, Jesus said, Happy are those who hunger. So we're not just happy when he satisfies us and gives us stuff. He's saying, here's the secret. You're happy when you live a hungry life. The key to true happiness is to continue hungering, which I'm just honest saying, Lord, I need a gift for that. Because my natural flesh might want to coast after you satisfy me. You ever see an athlete or a team when they win the championship trophy, when they win the title, somebody's going to hold up a trophy Monday night for the college football. They're going to celebrate. They're going to be satisfied. They're going to have a parade. They may take a couple of weeks on the beach in Mexico or wherever and have a, have a vacation. But then they're going to come back and not just stay like laid back. They're going to come back and constantly work and challenge themselves to be the best for the next year. You see, true champions stay hungry. It's the same way with believers. We want to be champions as Christians. We need to be, continue to stay in a sustained spiritual hunger. So it's not just we're only happy when we get satisfied. It's we're happy in the state of hungering. You see, some people, here's what I'm seeing happens. I saw this this week just reading through the Word. When God meets our need, when God satisfies us, it's like we're, we have a choice to make. We have two responses when God satisfies us. It's almost like a fork in the road. And we can take this left fork, which is we can become complacent and self-reliant, or we can take the right fork and let him touching us and satisfying us, satisfy us, awaken more hunger in us. We can either become complacent or press in more to God because we see he's so good. You see, there are two verses, Matthew 5, 6, we've looked at. But Hosea 13, 6 is very interesting. God describes something, another response when we get satisfied. He says, when I fed them 
they were satisfied. When they were satisfied, they became proud. They forgot me. And if some, and I have gone, I have taken that left fork in the road too many times. Oh, well, I'm, oh, I got what I need now. I got blessed now. I got the raise. I got the this, you know. And I didn't completely forget him, but I drifted from him. And it's the grace of God. Today, I believe there's a grace in this room to call some of us back to that fork to where we don't go left. We don't live in Hosea 13, 6. We live in Matthew 5, 6. I want to live in, on the Matthew 5, 6 road, not the Hosea 13, 6 road, by grace of God. Now, why should we hunger? Roman numeral 2. Why is it important for us to be hungry? I mean, come on, Glenn, we're already going to heaven, right? I got my ticket punched, I got my passport. You know, why is it important to hunger now? I mean, you know, I can just eat, drink, and be merry now. Why? Why? Well, first of all, if you say you're a Christian, which you're saying that, and you're already going to heaven, to become a Christian, you make Jesus Lord of your life. When you make him Lord, you make him boss. And the boss said, it's important to hunger and thirst, Glenn. <laughs> So number one, the first reason it's important to, to, to be hungry is because Jesus said it was important. Second, amen. Second, there's more if you want it. There's more if you want it. There's more love, more power, more encounter more access to beauty and peace and joy if you want it. But it doesn't happen automatically. We have to want it. We can, we, 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 we can have it if we want it. And it's like I pictured living and in the two-foot kiddie pool side of the, of, the, of the pool or the ocean. Okay, it's really more than a pool, it's an ocean. And so we can, we can say, I'm in the pool. <laughs> Wee, wee, wee. You know, this is me in two feet of water, okay? But there's this entire ocean of divine love and encounter, and they sing it. If, you know, how much more, how far will you let me go? How abandoned will you let me be? A Canadian worship leader from the Vineyard Movement in the 90s named David Roos wrote from the Vineyard Worship he wrote this, Ooh, if I'm healed by just one touch of your garment, Lord, then how much more of your love is there waiting for me than I'm tasting, Lord? If one touch heals me, how much more is there? I love the song we, we sang today, Corey Asbury. And you quoted what I was, you didn't see my notes. But Corey Asbury in the We Wait For You, it's the same idea of taking that Matthew 5, 6 road instead of the Hosea 13, 6. It's that same idea where he says, he says, you move and we want more. You speak and we want more. You move and we want more. 
we want the fullness. Release the fullness of your presence. Your kind of glory fall. And then later on, there's a little rift in the song in some versions. It goes, and everybody in the congregation starts jumping. They go, can't get enough. Can't. I'm not going to do it. All right. Ben, you'd be a lot cooler doing this. Can't get enough. Can't. But they're singing, can't get enough of your presence. Presence. Now, you might look at that and go, well, that's just an emotional. They're singing that, and they're going to go home and be depressed and <laughs> eat bonbons and, you know. <laughs> but, but when he moves and touches you and you see how good he is, how kind, it does make you say, I, I want to live more with more of that. And how much more is there? So first, it's important to hunger because Jesus said it's important. Second, it's important uh, because there's more if we want it. But third, it's important to hunger a God because it's spiritually dangerous if we're not. Because you got to eat something. And if you're not hungering for that which is eternally superior and satisfying, the other base hungers will start to creep in and take over and pull you away to where you are in spiritual danger. Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded <clears throat> is death. That means death in Scripture means separation from holy intimacy. To be carnally minded. So, to be, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. <clears throat> so we become susceptible to the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, debilitating fear, immorality, offense, fear of man, despair. Those things are crouching to try to meet that part of us that's got to eat something. And so it's spiritually safe to live a hungry life. It's not just happy am I to live a hungry life. Safe am I to live a hungry life. So there are things that awaken hunger in us. And I would say, this is Roman numeral three, I would say the the main way that we cultivate spiritual hunger is by reading the Word and meditating in it daily. There's no better way. There's no other substitute. This Word, these Scriptures, are like logs on the fire. Well, I'm not on fire. Well, how many logs have you put on your fire? Okay? So this is the main way we hunger is by daily reading and meditating in the Word of God. And there are other ways, but for the time I have left today, I want to share a way that I'm just telling you guys, I like to be practical. This really works for me. This really keeps me walking in a, a state of happy hunger. And that is when I remember past times when God showed up. When God showed up in my life. Because right now, the enemy's going, God's, God left you. God hadn't showed up. Where is God? 
the devil wins, you're, you know, that, all those stuff. And so I stop and I remember times when God broke in, when God broke through. Please hear me today. When you start to feel complacent and spiritually dull, think back to when God showed up. Think back to when you didn't have enough money to pay that bill and the money came in at the last minute. When you didn't know if the insurance was going to cover that procedure and then you get this message on the phone or you get this letter in the mail saying they, they're going to cover it. When you didn't have the medicine to heal your body and God came in and healed your body. When you didn't know which way to turn and a friend called you up with wisdom right when you needed it. So many ways God has shown up in your life. So I want to just share a couple that I don't know if I've shared these before in this church. They're related. And this is, I'm going to share some of these. Not going to go very long, probably about 13 minutes, 12 more minutes before we kind of transition here. But I want to share some testimonies as a catalyst to stir our hearts to hunger. Awakening, the title of the message is Awakening Hunger Through Testimonies. So think of your testimonies. I want to share some of these testimonies. These are related to the, a threefold calling on this church to be a house of prayer, to minister to the poor, and to bless Israel. But, and I'm not going to talk about those in detail right now. That's not the point. But my point is the stories I'm about to share reveal God's huge heart of compassion and power and how he wants to lead us and guide us in specific ways. Virtually every time I remember these testimonies I'm going to share, they stir me to go for God even more. Paragraph A, for, for 12 and a half years, we've converted this sanctuary into a prayer room that's open to the public. We put a sign out there 12 and a half years ago. It's still out there. Prayer room open to the public. Everyone's welcome to come in through the week. It's open every day, virtually every day during the week. And you just never know what might happen when you come to a prayer room, or to this, in this case, this prayer room. One day, years ago, a lady came in. You can get, start getting that Laura video ready. A lady came in in great distress into this prayer room. She was in great distress over her marriage. The pressures of life had her and her husband in completely different places. And she was so frustrated with her marriage. She didn't know what to do. And she really wasn't even coming in to pray. She was actually coming in to do pick up something or do something else. And, and so it wasn't like she was going to come in and be a, be a gatekeeper and say, this is my slot. But she was totally distraught. She walks into the prayer room, and this is playing on the screens in the prayer room. If you can just play that. So she's coming in just so frustrated. You can turn it up. You can move it to a minute 30. More than religious actions. Minute 30. Yeah, you, can, you, you know. Okay, just keep it playing. Remove everything. So she's walking in here frustrated.
started getting her attention because she kept singing it. Matthew 19, 6. God started softening her heart. God, is joined together. God, you joined me and no my husband together. Lord, remove everything that hinders. Lord, there's sin in my marriage right now. God is joined together. Let no man separate. And it kept going and going. Five minutes, ten, even longer. She left that room with a completely different heart toward her husband. She forgave him. That woman was my wife. when Kyle was in a really bad place at Arkansas, almost killing himself. He know, you know the testimony, most of you, with alcohol addiction. Suzanne and I were like this. I was tough love dad. She was kind, merciful love. And we were having real issues. It was serious. And she walked out with a soft heart toward me. We'll be married 33 years this Friday. Amen. 33 years. Wedding anniversary this Friday. I'll take her someplace nice. <laughs> Second testimony Sometimes people come in. She was desperate, but other times people come into this prayer room desperate and God meets them. You know, what did that do? That awakens hunger in me when I tell that. God, what are you going to do next time I come before you? It'll, the testimonies awaken hunger in me for encounter. I was here on my day off Last year, one day, I'd take Mondays off. And I was just here doing a couple of things. I didn't even open the front door. It was locked for, for a little, you know. I was just in here, going to be here for like five minutes max. And a lady comes up to the door, and, and was knocking on the glass door. And uh, so I went and opened it up, and she was distraught because a family member of hers in another state was in a really bad place, very serious Condition. I'd never met her before, but I opened it up and she said, I saw the sign says prayer room. Can I come in and, and pray? So I said, sure. So we started praying. We prayed like the, till the cows came home for 40 minutes. We were like, God, you are good. You are, you know, I never met her before or anything. About 40 minutes later, we had the breakthrough. We felt God had shifted something. I, I had a, a gift of faith, I believe. I knew in my knower, that's East Texas talk. We came from East Texas. I just knew it in my knower. God had turned the thing around. And then I found out a number of weeks later, 
God did. You just never know. For her, that prayer room sign looks like, looked like this sign right here. Emergency room. You just never know when you're in your place how God may usher somebody in into your life, into that moment, and their life changes. Roman letter B. For 12 and a half years, we've also taken Jesus seriously about feeding the poor, feeding the hungry. He said, I was hungry and you fed me. So for 12 and a half years, we've had a food pantry. For many years, we, had a, we met with the Capillary Food Bank, the Central Texas Food Bank, to give out food um, and down here at the Apache Shores Party Barn. If you can put a sign up, uh, a picture up there that... This is what one of those distributions <clears throat> that we did as a part of Jesus' call to feed the poor. We were out there on a Saturday morning. I'll go real quick on these. but um, So we're giving out the food. That's actually Senator John Cornyn, in case y'all are, but he didn't come to ours. But anyway, that's what this picture is. I didn't want to show faces that weren't legit, you know, didn't want to expose privacy. But, um, but a lady pulled up to the food distribution. They give out 50 pounds or more of food, chicken, milk, eggs. This lady comes up, distraught, tears. She says, please pray. Is someone here a Christian? And so we gathered around. She said, my daughter is pregnant. And she's on her way right now to get an abortion. Will you pray? You were right there, weren't you, Chuck? We gathered. You were there, Nancy. We, we gathered. We prayed. We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl or anything. I, I just got this Hebrew word, tikva, which means hope in Hebrew. So I started calling this baby tikva. And turns out the, the pregnant mother turned her car around, came back or came home, came in for, to, we met with her on Monday. That was on a Saturday. She got a sonogram, kept the baby the baby is now in second grade, happy, healthy, loving life, going for God. That awakens hunger in me for greater impact. The prayer room testimonies were for greater encounter. But I want to make, I want to encounter him more and I want to impact the world more. I want to move God's heart more and I want to change the world more. La quick one here, and we're going to start to wind, wind this plane down or whatever. But I have never shared this story. This is one of the funnest stories, and I've been keeping it to myself for like six, seven years. Those of you who know me, Nate has to put up with me a lot. I like to keep everything and store stuff, and if it's old food, I try to, you know. So we're at one of these... Can you show that food truck again, that food pantry again? Well, but we'll, we'll, yeah. So back in that truck one year, it was, it was like 20 degrees outside on a Saturday. And they had brought way too much frozen chicken to where that's an example of the box. 50 pounds of frozen Tyson chicken breasts, boneless, skinless, and Art, the driver of the truck, he goes, you know, they're not going to really let me take all this back to the central office. Do you want it? And I mean, it was over a 1,000 pounds. 
It was boxes this big stacked up like this. And so what did I do? Okay. <laughs> and I got a car with a back seat and a trunk, and I'm like, I said okay, and it's, and we have a freezer, but, and if someone else was there, they had a pickup truck, or maybe you helped me, I don't know. We loaded all this chicken. You remember, it was 20 degrees outside, okay? So I'm like, okay, wait, I fill up our freezers back there, but I'm like, oh, let's just stack it out on the sidewalk here. So we had it stacked from, from where you are right there, uh, Abigail, all the way across, you know, like this deep of, sta of cases of this chicken. And I'm just going, well, Lord, I don't want to poison anybody because if it goes over 32 degrees outside, chicken will go bad. People will die because of me, <laughs> you know. I'm not kidding you, for at least three days, it was 20 degrees or below. It was yeah. this deep freeze. Day, and people kept coming up and getting boxes and getting boxes, and some people tried to hoard, and I said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so, you know, I kept the birds away. <laughs> I kid you not. It was like two in the afternoon, three or four days in. There was one more box left. The last person gets it, and I look on my phone, and it just broke 32 degrees outside. And I, let's clap for God. That's a, I can't, you know why that's, you know why that thrills me? That thrills me because God cares so much. He said, I was hungry, and you fed me. You know, <laughs> He, his heart burns for those less fortunate. And so he's waiting for us to just to do our little yes here and there. These are some testimonies. Rachel, if the worship team, if you could come up. Because where we're heading, even now in the last 15 minutes, I'm just, I'm, I've got such a hunger in my heart. More for him by just telling you these things. Because I got a glimpse. He cares so much. He had me get way too much frozen chicken, but he kept it below, you know, below zero, I mean, below 32, so that they could have the food. I believe, I believe the timing's too crazy for that. So if I go, if you fed that many people with that, how much more of you is there that I'm experiencing? Amen. Let's stand up, if you would, to your feet. The last one, and I'm going to close with it. You can start strumming. I guess you call it strumming. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I haven't shared this for years because I've been intimidated that if I shared it, you would think I was weird. Seriously. Publicly. But it was a Wednesday afternoon. I was back at the table in there in the prayer room. And, but I'd spent about three, three I was, it was a crazy day that I thought, what am I doing? Because for about three hours, I was praying for Israel, for the salvation of Jewish people. And going back through these Zechariah verses and Haggai, dif different places. And, and I'm laying here on the pillows before the Lord saying, Lord, am I going crazy? Because I'm, I'm spending way too much time. I'm a, I'm a Gentile. I live in Texas. 
Why am I spending this whole afternoon? You got, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me? And so I went back to the table uh, to where my laptop was and an intercessor had walked in. About 20 minutes after getting to the table, two ladies walked in and you could put this picture up. This, I couldn't find how they were really dressed, but one was dressed in all gold. One was dressed in all purple. And they weren't Hindu. They didn't have the red dot or they didn't. And they weren't Muslim. I checked later because what they did was they came in. They came over to the table. About, they were about this, this tall. And they said, excuse me, sir. We saw your sign, prayer room, open to the public. And we, is it okay if we pray? And I said, sure. Well, they came over here and they both knelt down side by side. And as soon as they knelt down uh, up on the screen, Mike Bickle came on the screen and he prayed for 10 solid minutes for Israel. And he prayed out of Psalm, it's on, it's on your notes. He prayed out of Psalm 102, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. And for a minute there, Karen, the intercessor was in here. I said, Karen, they could be Muslim and they could have machine guns or something under. They may be really mad. I was thinking all these thoughts. I checked later after they left. I got a GPS to see if that was Mecca, to see if they were facing east. That's not east. So they weren't Muslim. After 10 minutes of Mike Bickle in the prayer room praying for the salvation of Jewish people, they got up, walked back over, one had a tear in her eye. She said, thank you. We'll be back. Now, they've never been back. I've lived out here since 1998. I have never seen one, much less two women dressed like that, Middle Eastern garb like that. And I've never seen it since. And I'll leave you to conclude but I believe the Lord in direct answer to my prayer sent those two, I'll call them angels, to come in and let me know how important it is for us to stand for the peace of Jerusalem for Israel. Let's ask the Lord just to give us gift of hunger. Just open, open your hands, if you would. Maybe it's hunger for your life to be, to have more encounter. I'm going to a- answer all three for me. Lord, would you give me the gift of hunger for more encounter? Would you give the gift? Just even right now, just. Hand out the bracelets, Lord. We're going to open this altar. If it helps you to just come up and and cry out before the Lord, say, Lord, I've been on the Hosea 13, 6 fork. I took that fork and I'm coming back today. And I want to live and walk on the Matthew 5, 6. If that's, 
your prayer, I encourage you to come forward right now and take that step. Just like you're walking up to this altar saying, I'm coming, I'm changing the path from complacency and self-reliance. In 2020, I want it to be a year of hunger. I believe God will meet you at this altar. Come forward. For great happiness, happy are those who hunger and thirst. And you'll see it's a hunger that is not based on all your co-workers hungry. It's a hunger where you wake up and you're like my little grandbaby. Your tongue is out saying, Lord, I want you. I want you more. That's right. Lord, give us the gift. Lord, we want to be, we don't want to be vulnerable and in danger. Lord, get rid of complacency in me. Forgive me, even today, for thinking, well, I've been preaching a lot uh, uh, years. I can just do this. No, Lord, I emptied myself. I emptied myself even now saying, I must rely on you. Lord, let me not be complacent. Let me not be pr get proud when you bless. Let me not forget you. Now I want to answer anyone else coming forward. If you want more hunger for impact, you're coming up for hunger for encounter, and now I'm inviting you to come up for greater impact. In, for, for greater impact through your life. To see your marriage turn around or to see the, the, the people around you who don't know the Lord, to see them come to Christ. Maybe it's to feed the poor. Maybe it's to, to do more signs and wonders. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Now we're going to just open this time for let the worship team I had two words um, continue. we're going to dismiss officially in about two, two minutes but you're gonna, you can stay and of course we're just going to let any of our prayer teams if you would come up behind some of these or you can come up here if you feel led to anyone who, who wants to just minister otherwise just let the Lord minister to you he's giving out these gifts you know when you get a fancy bracelet, you don't just wear it one time. You're going to wear this all year. To get the bracelet of hunger. There's someone with red splotches on the left side of your neck. The Lord wants to heal like a rash or some sort of irritation on, on your neck, specifically in the left side. Is that, if that's anybody, wave, wave at me. Okay. Someone just get behind her. And then someone else, you're, you have kidney infections. You may or may not have it right now, but you're take, you take medicine for it. And, and I wrote here, oh, why not just let the Lord heal it? <laughs> well, I have to take the medicine, right? Amen. Rachel, if you could just lead us. Let's, let's cry out. <laughs>